If I'm helping anyone out or like coaching them or, you know, mentoring them or anything along that lines, it has to be from a position of experience and experience of action, not reading it in a book. Podcast Junkies, episode 128. Welcome back. I'm your host, Harry Duran. This is Podcast Junkies, weekly conversations with amazing and inspiring podcasters. And speaking of which, last week was our inaugural podcast drinking game, which is something we made up with our guest, Ramona Rice. Last week's guest, episode 127. Ramona, aka Sports Gal Pal, has been a fan of the show for quite some time, and her enthusiasm for coming on the show (laughs) was something that I wish I could bottle. And she's just a a really good friend uh, that I've gotten to know over the past few years. And I'm I'm really honored that she came on and talked about her podcasting journey, which is a bit unexpected for her. She never thought she'd be a podcaster. And now that she is, she's actually uh, a part of the community and and works with uh, Mark Asquith, who's a previous guest as well, um, and John Lee Dumas on podcast websites. So she talks about that and gets a little personal about uh, a loss that she experienced in life. And I appreciate her opening up um, and sharing that with our audience. So please check that out. If you haven't done so already, you'll get a lot of laughs out of it as well. This week, we have a conversation with Adam Lewis Walker. He's the host of Awakening Awakening Your Alpha, which you can find at ayalpha.com. And uh, we had a nice table discussion at PodFest, um, and we just hit it off. And I, I just, again, I usually go by the vibe of a person. And it was really Interesting that I really got a, a, a lot of a high level of sincerity. Uh, there's no other way to put it uh, from Adam when, when speaking to him. And I, I really like what he's doing for his community. And I thought it would be a good uh, conversation. And I was not disappointed. I think you're going to enjoy that. Uh, our, our episode is brought to you by Shore. Thankful to them for being an ongoing sponsor. You can find more information at podcastjunkies.com slash Shore and see the current setup that I'm using. I'm currently on the SM7B mic. And I'm a fan of the Motive line, which I'm testing in the field as well, M-O-T-I-V. Again, uh, check out the link, podcastjunkies.com slash sure. And Podbean as uh, an ongoing uh, sponsor as well and supporter. And thanks again to them, podbean.com slash podcastjunkies. If you're in the market for a new show and you need it hosted somewhere, plans as low as $3 and $9 for unlimited. Um, and again, big fans of the community there. And, and the more I've, I've gotten to know them, um, the happier I am. <laughs> so make sure you stay till the end of the episode where I re- reveal this week's retention hashtag. Thanks to all who continue to play along. And for now, enjoy our conversation. Adam Walker, thank you for joining us on Podcast Junkies. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited. As I say, this is a, got that Friday feeling. I have that every day, but yeah. it genuinely is Friday. And uh, I had a big old run of interviews and interview meetings and fun stuff, all fun, but you were the cherry on the top, to, the <laughs> carrot at the end of the day to finish my day. Um, yes, we're here. It's, it's happening. <laughs> Any big plans for the weekend? Well, it's the start. Do, do you want me to date this podcast? So if I say what it is kind of yeah, next sure. week? Yeah, That's okay. Fine, yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> it is the start of spring break. Uh, okay. You might recognize the accent. I'm still getting accustomed to the like spring break. In, in England, we think of spring break as just college kids and going, woo! spring break and like uh all sorts boobies and bikinis but i I'm, I'm kind of past that so i missed the good years of spring break i think um but i'm over here now and i've i've been an entrepreneur 
I can plan my schedule and I do think, oh, what's this spring break thing? Oh, yep, kids are going to be off. Um, yeah, make sure I'm off. So I've got a bit of spring break feeling for the first time ever. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to have a little mini holiday away next week. Um, again, I'm all about, because I do quite a bit of traveling for sort of speaking and all sorts and going back to England and wherever. But uh, we have never done much of a road trip because, you know, we've only moved to the country for like a year ago. Um, and all our holidays, not complaining, are taken up with going back to England. <laughs> so we don't get yeah. to stay in a hotel. It's always with family, which is cool. So my boys, like they just want to stay in a hotel. Like they stayed in the hotel once in their life and they loved it. They don't care if it's down the end of the street. I'm serious. So we're going to drive and they're there. We're going to drive probably like an hour or two and stay somewhere do some fun stuff and then maybe the next day drive another hour or two stay somewhere do some fun stuff but as i know for them the highlight is going to be like oh, we're in a hotel <laughs> what about the stuff i was like whatever they're like hotel <laughs> what do you think the age range is where that starts to wear thin <laughs> <laughs> i don't know because again probably an insight into my mentality i still get very excited about going on a plane and flying and i do it a lot and I assumed that would wear off, but I think it's just my mentality. And even staying in a hotel, I do like staying in a hotel. <laughs> Again, just I don't know what it is. I suppose it's it's just it's that whole thing of getting taken out of your environment. And you know, I like someone else said, um, like for, from a kid's perspective, not that they cook dinner, but you know, you're not gonna cook dinner in a hotel. You know, you're kind of it's that feeling of you're getting looked after, some like that, almost like a retreat type thing, because. Even if you wanted to cook in a hotel, you can't really, uh, you know, and people are there to, you know, it's even if you're there for work or something, it's that kind of, yeah, that holiday feel. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so, again, I don't think for them it's going to wear off for a long time because they're four and six and they have genuinely had one night in a hotel and we still hear about it all the time. Well, I think it's this idea of, uh, first off, not having to make your bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they get away with that pretty good. <laughs> but there's something to be said about being in, uh, in, in a nice hotel and, and like somehow they managed to find like the most comfortable mattress, the most softest pillows, the, the, the best comforter. <laughs> yeah, it was like that. And if, to a certain level, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not picky, but it's like, you know, if they haven't, you'd be like, room service yeah. something's wrong with my mattress or you know something like that and like yeah and you <laughs> have a shower in the morning and you come back and miraculously the the little like the fairies have <laughs> cleaned stuff up <laughs> and you're not there that long usually to make that much of a mess but everything's you know really uh yeah it's, it's a cool thing but anyway <laughs> i'm sure well, that's not what you had me on to talk about but the... <laughs> that's what's going on at the moment well there's people that live out of hotels i mean you, you yeah like... and i know that the shine comes off from i've heard i know and i hear about people complaining about oh i'm traveling i hate it and stuff like that and again it comes back to my whole thing of awakening your alpha if you genuinely hate it or kind of like stop complaining about it like but that mentality would be like oh i hate it i have to do it well you don't have to it's part of either your job your business your career if you are you just saying you hate it but if if you genuinely hate it then let's you know you should potentially start making steps but you know some people like to complain about stuff but um yeah and uh i always have that if if i am doing quite a bit of traveling i always comes back to it is my choice at the end of the day yes you know so uh i i, I and again i i like to come at things with the perspective of i have the chance to not i have to mm. or i have to kind of thing 
Um, and that just changes everything as opposed to, oh, God, I have to I have to go to catch this plane to go to, you know, Podfest and see Harry as opposed <laughs> to I have the chance to, you know, go see Harry yes. at Podfest. Exactly. So and then that, and that leads into how we met. And um, yeah, there we go. It's all in how you reframe the the situation you find yourself in. And it's a mindset, right? I, and and your show is called Awaken Your Alpha. And I wonder if you touch upon this topic of just this this idea that we always find things to complain about just for the sake of complaining. And it's a conscious decision we make. Like two people could be in the same exact situation and one could choose not to complain about it and one to, could choose to complain about it. Either way, you're going to have to go through that circumstance. And it's all about what mindset do you want to have at the end of that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we cover that a lot. And yeah, I've, I've strong opinions all over that. And it's kind of my thing. And it just, just, just you talking about it gets me a bit excited and just into it because yeah, it's, it's huge. And, uh, I can, yeah, I could talk about that or, and aspects around that all day. And, and I usually do. <laughs> to so, be fair. So, so, so let's dive into it a little bit. What do you, what do you think it is about people that just love to complain? Blimey. Yeah. That is a, a good question. Number one, um, again, <laughs> just to lay this out there you can choose to listen to these people don't complain about hearing people complain that's because you're you're doing exactly what you're saying they're complaining about so number one i don't listen i'm not in in and around and i will literally run from someone like the plague if i see or hear or get that that's going down like leave them in their pity party and i'm gonna go some somewhere else like it's so that's the first thing you know you do choose your environment your situations even if you're forced again this level of force it's more of a your perspective are you forced to listen to it oh it's at work or in a, in a you know i i always remember someone i actually had a good interview i did and you know the guy it was every lunchtime or something in the job that at that stage he he felt and it was a stem zone you know but it was not where he was going to end up his current environment you could say was not going to dictate you know who is going to become and he could see every lunchtime everyone sat down literally for their pity party to whine and complain and you know another person's perspective on could that be ah oh, you know i can't do anything about it. this is my this is this is it it's not my fault you know they're the ones complaining you would absorb that much like you would absorb awesomeness you will absorb that if, on the flip side so what he used to do i think in that he would actively you know whether it's a book or literally just go and sit outside and read a book or do something you know that was going the other way gonna help him progress I mean, he chose to, you know, take himself out of that environment. And he probably, you know, these might have, he might have not had a problem with them as, you know, as colleagues or just to talk to. But he noticed that that was their daily whining session. Imagine doing that every day. No matter who you are, that is going to chip away at you. And you're going to be a different person's person come out, you know, a couple of months of that. Ugh. So, yeah, that'd be the, the first thing. You know, you, and it's that sense of responsibility. You know, you're responsible for what you put in to your, to your donut, to your noggin. Um, you know, you can't outsource that and blame it on, oh, they're the one who's doing the wine. It's their fault. Like, you can choose. Even if you, okay, let's say you, you are pinned. This, this won't happen, but you're pinned in that room. Stick your fingers in your ear or down, like today's day and if it stick the headphones in or whatever, like, think about it. And not, there's not one trick to get around it, but, Use your brain, you know, don't be lazy on that front because, you know, it, it will accumulate in a good way or a bad way. Seems like it's something, a topic you're passionate about. <laughs> just, just, just a little, just a little. 
<laughs> yeah. What was the question? <laughs> that, that's one of the things. It could be, is that the end of the interview? Have we been an that's hour? It. Thank that's, you yep. for joining us and ha- have a great weekend. <laughs> where do you remember where do you remember where you were when you had the idea for Awaken Your Alpha? I do. I do. I was um this is honest because again this may sound a little bit Hollywood. <laughs> I was in Hollywood. I would hope it's honest. <laughs> I was I was just happening to be uh, at an award ceremony in Hollywood, as you do. But <laughs> look at the, what can I do? It, unfor- not unfortunately, this is the, uh, this is how it is. So I had co-authored a, a best-selling book. Again, I'll say what it is. And on paper, I had nothing in common with uh, my co-authors apart from we were in this book. You know, it uh, could be like... Uh, 60 year old woman from texas me from the south of london a teacher at that time um and then a whole variation of other people from different countries and walks of life and professions dentists doctors you know film directors just a a melee of people so it is what it is and um it's only when i met them all um i was again I, i wasn't really thinking about it just quite organically I just couldn't believe how well I got on with each and every one of them because the only similarity we had really was that book number one. But what I suppose drawn us to be involved in that book and then number two, our, you know, our perspective, our outlook on life, our life, probably, you know, as a basic thing, not complaining about stuff, you know, taking ownership for stuff. And that's what got my mind thinking just like, wow, that, how, why, how are we getting on so well? Like, blimey, there is a, I suppose as well as the the obvious even visual and physical and and accents and differences that are there there are a lot of similarities and then talking to them about how they got where they got just again at the bar it's you know success leaves clues and this is i'm finding this quite a good conversation this is a useful thing i'm not really seeing a lot of people i didn't feel like there was a lot of that or my take and i felt like i had a message and something to add to this and ultimately that was the start of the kind of like the, the, the origins of the Awaken Your Alpha podcast, putting this together in, in some kind of format. Um, and then it kind of a series of it all kind of it was then it, you know, hit me in the face. This this is it, you know. And again, I didn't want to create something that I felt like as an entrepreneur with that shiny object syndrome. Oh, you know, next year I'm going to do something different. Or I felt like much like we just talked about um I feel like my core belief that we just talked about there, that's never going to change. I'm never going to, in a, a year or so or two or three or five years go, I've changed my ideas on that. I've, I did, you know, whereas some things can be a bit, you know, um, not, not evergreen. Whereas if you come from a place of your beliefs and your core, you know, awaken your alpha. I'm never that, if that follows me for like a long time or forever, whatever, you know, no matter what I do, I'm okay with that. Whereas, you know, I'd come from, before I'd, I'd set up the UK Youth Conditioning Association, which had limitations, you know, it's the UK Youth Conditioning. You know, I can't start talking about certain things or I can't, it's, it can't follow me with whatever I do. It's not going to fit if I'm in a movie or speaking on stage or speaking to Harry. It's not going to fit, you know, with certain things. Whereas Awaken Your Alpha, it's a kind of a, a philosophy, a formula, a you know, it's, it's, it underpins everything. So it's, it's specific, but also it's, it, you know, it's, um, it's got a lot of scope depending on what level you're digging into it. What was the most surprising thing that you discovered 
as you, as you were getting started from any aspect of it, whether it's uh, the content, the technology, the 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 grind, or or the or the idea of deciding whether you wanted to do this for the long haul. I think again, much like I liken this to life as well. Momentum is huge. Momentum is definitely huge, and one of the again, I can equally, if not. Um, if not probably, well, no, not if not, definitely more values than successes. Again, I just want to put that out there because I don't want anyone, you know, listening to this thing. Oh, this is shiny. Oh, it's it's harder for me. Like, guy, he, he must have had some luck or done it right. I think if anyone's being honest, and the the, the top people, they only need one success, and uh, but a, you know, a huge one, um, and they've probably had a lot more value. So momentum, I think, is huge. And look, and and that's something I think people can take for granted when. When you start something like a podcast or, or run with it and it's going well and, you, you know, you're getting results, your belief moves up a bit. And so, you, you know, you take more action and then uh, your potential raises up and then you're, you're getting a result. And it's kind of like that, that success cycle. And you can sometimes you can wrongfully assume things are easy because, whoa, this is happening quite easy. It's, it's not. It's momentum. The flip side, if you just take that for granted and think this is going to keep going like that and then kind of lose a bit of the hustle or the, 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 the lifestyle of what got you there, you will see things will slow down, things will stop. Um, and then to get that steam train going again is then you'll think, oh, ah, that's why it went like it did last time because of momentum, because it, you know, it's building. Whereas, whereas so I think the momentum and that's in all areas of life, but I think that sometimes people can overlook that as a, a success factor. And it's why, you know, when opportunities are there and the time is right as entrepreneurs, if you, you, you've got to run with it. You don't get to plan out everything perfectly and think, oh, that's a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that next month. Well, that opportunity is gone tomorrow. You need to crack on. So if the opportunities are, arise, you know, use your peripheral vision and, uh, you know, keep leveraging one opportunity to the next and, and build on that momentum. So it seems like you have this amazing mindset and you, you probably it, all the, the the teachings you had had up until the point you started the podcast probably helped you to to get off on the right foot and to make sure you were going to be consistent and, and 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 do just a bang up job as as you started interviewing people. So not all podcasters start like that because I don't think all podcasters have the mindset that you have. So I want to take a step even further back. Yeah, and I didn't start. I didn't start like that. As I say, I, I run it with momentum. I took a big run at it. And as I say, some of the things I was mentioning there is um, obviously I, I in my podcast, because I know this is obviously podcast junkies, against popular, well, not pop, yeah, probably popular. I know you should be consistent and interview or the show exactly as you said. But, well, I did say I was going to do this. I, um, I pause between season one to season two, and I have another pause between season two to season three. By the time this comes out, season three is launching uh, beginning of April. So I expect it to be there for when this uh, podcast comes out. But I get the sense there there's something uh, like ingrained in you as a person and and I don't know if that's always how you've been and this is how you were as a as a as a kid as a <laughs> when you were 5 years old or or if it just I have a happening. fair bit of I have a fair bit of energy that's always that's always been the case I think <laughs> I, I I'm I'm sensing that so yeah. you talked you talked about being a a teacher in uh, south of london how yeah. long, how long were you a teacher about 10 years all in yeah so a good good crack at that and i i love i love it and again people assume oh why don't you teach i i seem i still teach i'm just i i'm done with teaching in a school curriculum 
So I was still teaching schools. I was still go speak at schools. You know, I, I love that aspect. I didn't like, as I'm sure most entrepreneurs won't, um, the confines. It's like being a caged animal. That's how I'd, I, that's honestly how I felt. And that's how people would describe me when I was put into a classroom situations as well. Cause my background as well was more a PE teacher. So I, again, like you, an entrepreneur, you know, speaking on stage, being moving as you teach, as opposed to being in a, you know, again, it's quite a big cage, but, but it's by perspective, it felt a bit like a cage. If I had to teach too many classroom based lessons and I did end up in college teaching for the last few years part time, because, again, I wanted to and teach more about success and not just about academics. And so I found that, you know, at least at that age, sort of 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, that's when they're starting to think, oh, crap, I, I'm the real world is calling. I better start thinking about what on earth I'm going to do. And, you know, I'm a bit more bothered about it. Um, so that and then you have a little bit more officially, probably not so much leeway, but, you know, a little bit more scope to talk about, you know, the new rules of success or awaken your alpha type topics um, and really have an impact where they're, you know, they're literally going to take what you're helping them with and get a job or start a business. And so there's, I enjoyed that aspect. And then ultimately working with individuals and entrepreneurs and whoever, you know, seeks me out, then I'm still teaching in some shape or form. And, you know, them skills have helped me out a lot in terms of you're never going to, in terms of like being a keynote speaker, you're never going to get a harder audience than a load of, 12 13 14 year old girls or for example or, or lads who if you are not entertaining or infotainment for five minutes it doesn't matter if you've been a legend for two years they will turn they will know and you know they said they, they will sense weakness and they're not entertained they're not going to be polite about it <laughs> they will let you know so any audience after that yeah no trouble <laughs> so I, I think it's one of those jobs that goes so underappreciated you know it's here in the states i imagine it's the same way there that um it's one of those professions that has such close proximity to the future right to our, our the future of, of our of our society and i you know they're obviously not paid enough they're obviously not given you know enough uh, support and um they're not probably given them enough respect and so I'm wondering what motivated you to actually become a teacher in the first place. Yeah, this is yeah, this is. Uh, I I'll give I give uh, obviously I, I I won't underplay it, but number one word and again holidays. Well, over there vacations. I'm not even joking. So again, that got my initial initial. Um, I've always been about the lifestyle. It's not like I can't, I don't have the story of being you know I went into the city worked a hundred hours a week, got burnt out, and thought I'm going to be a lifestyle guy. I've always been a lifestyle guy. So the reason growing up, my, my, my dad as well was very, he had good, you know, boundaries in terms of he did not work at weekends. You could offer him any money. He did not work at weekends. He had his own business and he did not work at weekends. And I was obviously sports and PE was one of my favorite subjects. And they got to wear shorts all year, you know, a t-shirt. Their job was running around playing sports and they got the summers off when the weather got reasonably decent for England. Not decent, reasonably decent. They got the summers off. I was always, I was big into uh, track and field. Um, so I used to compete in the summer. So I never, I've never really worked a summer in my life. I'm just putting it out there because school never works summers, obviously. University never works summers. They get even longer off than teachers and schools, universities. Um, and then straight from that into being a teacher, never works summers. And then straight to that to being an entrepreneur, work when I want. 
So <laughs> back to the story. So in terms of the reason I lasted probably 10 years in teaching, it fit it fitted my lifestyle perfectly. And my goal, my clear goal was to get to the Olympics. So when the summer season come round and I'm like, oh, you know, I need to be full time athlete. Oh, that's handy. I'm in a job where you don't work in the summer. Boom. Job done. So in terms of keeping myself, you know, um, how do I keep motivated in that situation? I loved teaching and, you know, having them them moments that, you know, they are in the minority. But when you get, you know, real results and have an impact in the, the kids lives and then also this, you know, it trailed off for the it fitted really nicely for um, an athlete's lifestyle because there's no no money in um, athletics in England. It's a real kind of minority sport in terms of um, we, we'd lose a lot of um, talent to, you know, if you're a fast runner or a, a good jumper or, you know, if you're an athlete, basically, as opposed to um, skillful in a certain sport. If you're a, if you're a proper athlete in England, you're going to get rugby contracts dangled at you or football or soccer um, contracts dangled at you. And it's like to be a, a very poor or average soccer player in England, you can earn way more money than if you was literally, were, uh, you know, UK number one in a specific event. So it, you've got that kind of like, oh, you know, if you're a very good athlete, it's like anything that if you're a very good athlete, you can do a lot of things. Um, and so sports that have, you know, that you can actually not even um, do well at financially, but actually survive in terms of make it your full-time profession is um because other people have to come up with that solving that problem how can you be a full-time athlete or you know a semi-pro athlete um when there's no money in it and i i it, it's it's all like great i i one of the, the guys i trained with he was not just the uk number one he was the british record holder for pole vault and i watched him competing in the olympics at the same time running himself into the ground because he was massaging people to make ends meet because you know and so when you're going to go up against some professional and you know this guy's tired because he's been up like training all day and then teaching classes or then massaging somewhere all day like consistently that's going to have an effect um and so that's the situation i can barely remember the question but this is the reason why i was a teacher for so long so again it's the lifestyle aspect i always thought i knew going into it I did not become a teacher for the money. So again, it's that complaint, that perspective. Why would I complain about, oh, teachers don't get so much money, as I hear a lot? No one's making you become a teacher. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but don't do it then if that's what is your number one motivator. So, you know, I went into being a teacher because I enjoyed teaching. I wanted to help people and I wanted to have a good lifestyle. And that at that time was absolutely spot on. So that's that as a choice. So I never complained about the money. I, uh, you know, I never complained about the workload. Again, I'm very disciplined in terms of you teachers complain about, you know, mark until 12 o'clock at home. Well, no one made you mark at 12 o'clock at home. And again, it could be quite ruthless. But, you know, I didn't take any work home with me ever because then you, you're crossing a boundary. Like then you would be marking something at 12 o'clock at home and then you wouldn't be like uh, being present with your family. So if you had high workloads, then stay i'd stay late at work that that didn't happen a lot but i'd stay late at work or you know or be efficient with it and at the end of the day like we just mentioned they're paying you a certain amount um i did above and beyond what was needed but if the job cannot be done within you know if you're going to choose a nine till five career well there's lots of downsides to that but the plus side is it's nine till five the clues in the title 
you're not paid to work at 12 at night. Like, wake up. If you're going to do that, if you're going to work yourself to the ground, do it for yourself. You'll do better. Which uh, event were you going for in the Olympics? Pole vault. Pole vault. So um, the one where you run, officially it's like the, uh, the, the, the approach is, if you're really good at it, is exactly the same as the long jump approach. You should, the top ones would actually literally do that kind of um, takeoff onto the pole. So it should be a full like long jump run up, jump with that kind of force. Uh, imagine putting that onto the end of a pole. It's carnage. So if you can get that right, boing. You go up. It's quite dangerous as well. Hence why I stopped doing it. Not out of choice because I had a pole vault accident and that was the end of the Olympics. <laughs> That's interesting. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your first um, entrepreneurial venture? I don't think anyone's ever asked that. That's cool. Okay. I don't have any. Oh, actually. Blimey. We're going to go way back. I, was gonna say, I don't have any stories of like I had a lemonade stand or anything like that or thinking about it. But then when I look back. Oh yeah, this is this is proper old school. I think in um, I think we call it home economics in England, basically cookery class when I was like really young. Um, I think they taught us how to do pizzas, or we cooked a pizza, and that's that seems good. And I made an awesome pizza, brought it home, ate it. That wasn't enough for me. I was like, this is awesome, and it, it almost like why is no one else doing this? This is so good. So looking back, it seems a bit insane, but all of a sudden, I kind of had started. I didn't really think of it, but I. I'd started a little pizza business in terms of, like, this is the best pizza family. Like, oh, this is really good pizza. Mmm, can you make some more of this? Yeah, I can. <laughs> Tell me when. Five pounds. And I'm going to deliver it to your, to, like, get your parents to rope in. Like, deli so, delivery. I can do delivery, I can do, delivery I can do, too. Wow. I can do delivery. Mom, dad, can you give me a lift? <laughs> like, I was, like, I wasn't, like, young. I was, like, really young. Like, I wasn't, like, <laughs> I was almost getting close to driving age. I, like, I was... It must have been about 12 or something or 13. And then I, I, I still don't know if it was successful in that small little window out of, oh, he's related to us. We better buy a pizza. Or if it was like, mm, this is nice pizza. And, but I was like, I don't know if it was naive or tunnel vision, like, they're loving this. Have a pizza. Woohoo. And but yeah, again, looking back and you're looking at it, they they might have been like, ah, oh, nice little guy. Let, let's 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 buy a, <laughs> could have been a, a bit of charity, charity pizzas in there. I don't know. But um, that was cool. And uh, yeah, I got a little production line. I enjoyed my work. Yeah, so that was, I, I'd never thought about that. But officially, that was probably it. More like as an adult life, yeah. when I was a teacher, uh, again, a little bit more uh, up to date. When I was a teacher, again, I never, I knew my future was not in a school. I had lots of uh, older teachers, heads of departments saying to me, thinking they're trying to motivate me. Hey, we've all been here 20 years. You could be too. And I was, that's when I was like the reverse of motivation. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you are right. Oh my God. I've got to like, I've got to focus here. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're and, right. You're right. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. So yeah, that the whole department, I think had been there. The 15 years was the minimum. And I was just like, oh, and it, and I could feel it. It was like you blink and you're, you're 10 years down the line. So, um, <laughs> whilst I was that I was always um had my first really what I would say is my first real business around that called Sports Speed Academy um uh, which was basically so what we've all been talking about within you're a teacher there's probably going to be like 80% of the kids maybe who generally don't want to be there in some shape or form in varying levels you know like a lot of them would toe the line then you obviously get the kids who are just like 
hate school or hate you or hate everything. And then there's going to be the other like minority who are going to be like, this is the best ever. And like your dream again, this is how the idea for this, your dream scenario would be to have a class full of them because they, they just love it. And you can really go into, we're talking about awakening your You can really go into high performance. So anyone who listened to my podcast, it'd be like having a class of them. So in your own business, you set the boundaries. So I basically, with that concept, I had Sports Speed Academy, which was um, from a business standpoint and behind the marketing was basically uh, a weekly strength and conditioning program club. And this was a, a long time. This was before the UK even had the UK Strength and Conditioning Association. We didn't have our own body. So I was certified, uh, certified strength and conditioning specialist with an American, the American NSCA or yeah, that's almost a security agency, but yeah, that one. And, um, so I got, got that going. I absolutely loved it. And it, as I say, it was a weekly thing. We tracked everything. I love my stats, tracked everything. And that kept me on the straight and narrow because again, I was in and around that environment. So it's something I could offer, you know, a, a few times a week in different locations, I had some coaches working for me. Yeah, it was it was really awesome. I found it's very hard to duplicate yourself. So I struggled with that and probably delegating as much as I, not as I could have, as I struggled. I tried to delegate and then I just realized, come to realization, you know, there is really hard to find really good coaches. Like, again, because if they're a really good coach or they're really like who I'm looking for, they're probably doing their own thing <laughs> to a certain extent. And uh, yeah, so I did that on the side and then when I really went for going for that full time that's when I had my pole vault accident just as I'd quit my job um and that's when I literally was two years on crutches and operations and depressed and that's when I launched well not launched that's when I went full time into that business so I literally had to literally I burned the boats I just I had so many issues with coaches letting me down and because again I was you know I was injured in operations and different things and I've just frustrated with all this hard work to build up to this level and every time they messed up they were representing me and the company it was undoing all of that so i just thought i'm not having this and i just contacted everyone and just said what is going on in terms of you know the operations and issues and blah blah blah, and just said i'm you know down tooled i ultimately i not not fired them i refund everyone it wasn't like no one was expecting it but i was just i did i could see where it was going and I was just like, we're, we're done for now. They're like, oh, no, keep it going. No, we're done for now. It, it may come back. like, But for now, you know, I, I have respect for you guys. It's it's good. And I want to leave it good. So we're going to we're gonna down tools. That's that. <laughs> what, what was your biggest uh, takeaway from that experience? Systems. Not assuming. Because obviously there's certain ways you do things, I do things. And uh, you may even take your own systems you have in your head for granted and your own value like how you do something might come quite naturally to you now because you probably spent thousands of hours perfecting it so you get someone else and you probably say to them again almost belittling yourself oh yeah this is easy in you go you do it yeah you just do this this and this boom and then if don't you go in and you'd see what that looks like to someone who hasn't spent thousands of hours doing what you do and it's a it's a train wreck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh and, and rightly so because if it was that easy then why have you spent thousands of hours trying to get better at it you know so i suppose that's it so don't assume um good people are everywhere but they're you know they are hard to find and there's so many so many variations in it cause they, but they've got to be aligned to your mission they could be very good at what they do but they're just their heart's not in it much like you know if 
You could be legendary at something, but if you're in the wrong environment, so you could be a legendary teacher, but you're in the, you know, a school, not even the worst school, a school that doesn't fit how you're going to, um, what's the, the highest probability of your deepest impact. So there was always the, like somebody might assume, oh, you want to teach in a private school where everyone's like the discipline is legendary. So you get to, you know, teach that higher level, which I, I agree you do because the, your time is not wasted with so much um, minor disruptions or discipline. And then the the other end of the spectrum, te- some teachers enjoy working in a school where they're getting told to, you know, literally to, to F off every day. And so their victories are not getting told to do that, number one, or, you know, uh, in terms of academics or even performance from a sporting perspective is is on a lower level but if your perspective that could be a bigger victory if you know what i mean so that the, maybe the high performance isn't there but you're taking someone from like here where they might be about to knock someone out to oh they're a pleasant human being <laughs> as yeah. opposed to everyone is you know decent and no one's gonna like kick off but you're 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 then taking them to like high performance and wherever you fit there's no right or wrong I do not get massive satisfaction. Well, I do enjoy aspects of, you know, if someone not getting beaten up, if that's generally the school environment where people would like, uh, that's kind of what you're working with. Because I've, I, in this experience, I've, I've taught in, and I actually quite enjoy this. I think it's the, uh, the variation. The other thing, working in one school is quite mundane uh, and repetitive. And which, that was another thing I learned from the process that no one prepares you for, you know, teaching the same lesson because it is a curriculum and you, you cannot within reason vary, you can vary it a bit, in the, but it's ultimately the same lesson. It, again, if you've now that this is the best way to teach it and you're tweaking it slightly, but teaching that day after day or multiple times in the same day, the repeti- repetitive nature, what I found whilst I was doing my entrepreneurial stuff, I, uh, I was signed up as a supply teacher as well. And a lot of people thought I was insane because it's like it's their idea of a nightmare. But the variation, like, I don't know where I'm working today. Like someone gives me a call, like, you know, it's like on the bat phone. We're dropping you into this hellhole. Are you up for it? Bring it. Let's go. So I again, long term, that will probably break you. But, you know, it was it was entertaining. I've got stories from that. I worked in a secure unit, which is literally a prison where they literally it's like an airlock to get into teach each day. They lock you in there. They they have to turn the key. You get in because wow. <laughs> in theory, so someone could make a run for it. Um, so again, and literally, the 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 I tell you something. The uh, the staff to t- uh, pupil ratio in there is very high because because they have to kind of do the sums for if if they kick off, yeah. they need more teachers to literally. Everyone's trained in like restraints and stuff to <laughs> to dive on people. You're thinking about every prison break movie you've ever seen. <laughs> and I, I, I tell you one time, I went into, you know, it's just the inconsistencies or, you know, that variation that makes your day a little bit interesting. So I went in to teach one day and um, and they, they they liked me. I got on quite well there because, again, uh, I suppose a lot of people didn't want that job. And they're like, are you, are you, are you okay? To, oh, give it a go. Let's go. And I went in there. No teaching that day or that morning because we're on lockdown. I went, what do you mean on lockdown? They said, um, it was something mine like... Um, stapler's gone missing or something like that like in the prison movies so they everyone was lo- locked in their rooms and the whole place is getting ransacked like and we just so we just okay hold fire i'm ready it's <laughs> like that doesn't happen every day just random things like that so i've done the full spectrum and I, I taught in schools where like really like um posh private schools where you know 
the quality is just so high. Uh, but then on the flip side, they own you. Like you get paid really well, but they own you. And I, I, um, I instantly, I, I did one of my teacher training placements in there. And everyone assumed, oh, this, because again, my, my sort of sporting background was like a top university. And this is kind of definitely more of an expected path. Um, and I quite quickly was like, this is awesome. But it's not for me because, you know, they didn't do the odd um, weekend fixture. Every Saturday was a full day of fixtures. What's, for like, fi- what's, a, what's fixture? For, for a, like um, for a sports. So your, your, um, your games, you're playing against other teams. Yeah. So like a, a regular school would have after school, you'd have a game and then you'd go home. Um, a lot of these schools, every Saturday, they'd have like games all day Saturday and they're boarding schools, some of them. This one was in particular. And so, and then the odd Sunday, you'd have the odd fixture. So my mentor at the time in that, in that environment, awesome school, got paid a lot of money. You know, you had that prestige, like you're one of the best schools. You're, you're like all your, like your sports teams, the players from that are going on to become professional sport, like athletes that are known in TV and stuff. Um, like celebrities send their kids there, that sort of stuff. And I was like, when was the last day you had a day off? He's like, 28 days i'm like yeah it's ain't for me <laughs> and they all had lots of money because they had no time to spend it yeah. <laughs> like jesus there, there's, they something, owned you. there's something yeah. to be said about this skill that you said when you're a substitute teacher like you have to go into these very different environments and it, it sort of prepares you for real life as well right because there, there is no one size fits all and there's no one audience you'll always be in front of and i think I think that was, I would imagine that was very helpful for you and, and building and your, your adaptability to thrive in these different situations, I'm sure has paid dividends for you later in life. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it, it always comes back to my thing where it, the extreme case, I'm sure there's a, you know, a PhD professor who knows so much more about everything on any subject I know, but I, I, I'm pretty confident I'll be more effective in getting my message across to a 14 year old who's locked up. Unless that's their special, but it's, it's that point. Knowledge is one thing, but it's influence and, you know, relating to someone and meeting them where they're at. And what, you know, like you said, like adapting to the situation. That's why, you, you know, you, I'm sure people have seen them horror stories where like that is some someone who's very knowledgeable will try and teach as if they're like reading out of a book. And there's no doubt in their knowledge. They are the expert on, you know, quantum physics. They're going to, you know teaching and coaching and that is a different skill and just because you're very knowledgeable the the world's number one expert on a subject does not mean you can teach and and vice versa you could be you know your teaching skills or coach skills could be very good and you can always meet someone but you your um your knowledge if you're trying to help someone in that particular area maybe what's what's missing so that's where i always like to if i'm helping anyone out or like coaching them or you know mentoring them or anything along that lines it has to be from a position of experience and experience of action, not reading it in a book. Can you talk about a relationship you've had with uh, a mentor who's shaped the man you are today? I feel like I've had mentors in different shape and form, shapes and forms, really kind of segmented for specific like aspects and areas as opposed to that mentor that's kind of you know been the overview and that really helped out. Um, and that probably helps as well from, you know, all the people I interview on the podcast and learning from different people in the different areas. So let's let's pick one. Yeah, I I think in terms of I'm just going to go. Yeah, go, I'm going to go quite specific. And this is in some ways quite a, you know, a, a small in the big cell, quite a small period and a quite a small aspect, I could say. 
but it, it's quite an impact and i'm just going to try and go what springs to mind in, in the specifics um there was a gentleman and i did a um literally i've been i've been following for a little while and again i, I felt i needed it's what I needed at the time, you know, if you, you know, the, at the right time, the, the mentor will almost appear at the the right time. They're there if you're looking. And so, and I'm not promoting it all, all in any aspects of his life, but it's kind of what I needed to hear at the right time. And for that is invaluable. And it was, um, <laughs> quite a controversial figure, actually. I don't know if you've ever heard of Kevin nations. I'm not sure if you had but have, but anyway, so he is all about, he is a very, very successful, like multi, multi, multi millionaire. Um, and you'll get pretty well. That's not what attracted me to him, um, who has really kind of got the, the, the leverage and the lifestyle side of things down in terms of, yes, he may earn multiple money. That's not the, the big issue. The amount of time he like, specifically works on this, he's got it very down to an art form in terms of his whole thing is about how he leverages it. So as his clients go up potentially and his revenue goes up, his hours at work do not go up. And I'm sure, you know, that's quite a, you know, that's kind of, there's a lot of people out there that do it just naturally or it's part of their business, but not their, like their main thing they focus on. So that's what resonated with me. And um, a particular little thing, it's called the Chillionaire. You can see, I was like, that's a cool name. It's like, you can see in my background as well, you know, like I'm not chasing the money. So if it's like be a millionaire, I'll be like, not interested in that. Chillionaire. <laughs> like that 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 got my attention i don't think i've ever heard that no it's pretty cool so again you can imagine when you're setting something up like this for (laughs) of that's the sort of thing you're talking about and you are and you're you know that's kind of what you're all about it's not going to be cheap so in terms of why that probably sticks in the mind as well it's probably the the highest i've invested in a, a coach and mentor and it's that that level of without like getting silly about it to a certain level it's that position of influence. If you've got no skin in the game, it doesn't matter if you're talking to the most knowledgeable person in the world who could change your life if you don't appreciate the message or they're not, they don't have influence on you. One quick way to have influence is if I've paid, you know, Bob down the street $10,000, I'm going to really listen to what he's saying yeah. and I'm going to do everything he says whether it's right or wrong. Whereas if Bob says, ah, oh, you know, I've got some advice for you. I'll be like, all right, Bob. Okay. Tell me about it. And he's like, will you do it? I'll be like, yeah, yeah, of course I will. He gives me some advice. Let's see which ones. It, his advice could be identical. One of them could have an impact on my life. One of them is very unlikely to. So what, and going through his, his process as well and what he actually did. And, and again, it's about that self-worth, you know, that someone can charge what he charged and, you know, ultimately w- w- what I got out of it, I won't dig into too much of it, but just like it opened my mind to, you know, wow, I, in some ways, you know, it was worth it. In other ways, I'm thinking there's a whole scout like I can deliver a lot of value in terms of, you know, I would like to think I'm, compl- well, I'm completely different in what, what I do anyway. But it's just it was just it was a, pers- a game changer in terms of the perspective. I suppose that, and it's just, it was just kind of like playing on a higher level and I needed that kind of exposure. It was, it was massively outside of my comfort zone, the whole, the whole thing, the whole time. And so it's almost like the, the, the knock on effects. And that was probably about two years ago. And that was no, almost three years. And again, looking back at it, it's easier with perspective. Now I was still part-time teaching or lecturing at a college. He 
advised me not to quit my job. Hmm. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so much for taking that expensive advice. However, however, but it was that point, and I really, I really did take that. Like it really, you know, maybe. But I honestly feel, and I don't. I honestly feel, and I can understand this. I don't think he wanted that on his head. I think he probably thought that's what I should do. But you know, it's all right to say. But when you're changing people's lives, and it, you know, the sensible thing. But it, it got to that point. I was stuck in the transition for too long. You know, I wasn't the best teacher I could be because I was being an entrepreneur. I wasn't the best entrepreneur I could be because I was being a teacher. So I was a part-timer in both fields, mm-hmm. going up against full-timers, professionals. I was a, neither a professional either. I was a part-timer. So, and I've been in that transition, which I, transition is necessary, not necessarily necessary. It's, it's the kind of, it's got, it's a tough phase to go through. So it's like taking off a, a plaster or a band-aid. Don't go at it too slow. Like, I guess you, you, you've got a transition, but there comes a point when it's, it's that comfort zone. Oh yeah, 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 I'm not ready yet. Yeah. Another couple of years or, you know, I just got to get this right. I just get that right. Right. And it comes to that point where I was, you've got to go, you've got to go, you've got to go with your gut as well. So it was my call to make. And, you know, and this, I was talking to someone else in an interview earlier today, people play out, oh, I've got two kids. I can't do that. It's all right for you. I did that with two kids, you know, young kids. And I had the, the steady job, um, you know, we wasn't going to go hungry. And I did that with a plan, but not, not like a, not like a transition of, from wage to business money. It was kind of, I, I've had enough. I'm doing this. I need that. I need to remove plan B because I'd had such a steady and cushy plan B for so long in a good way. Like something your parents would be happy about. Like, oh, he's, you know, he's a teacher. He's never going to go hungry and you're, you're never going to struggle to pay the mortgage. Worst case, no, you can just do sub substitute or supply teaching as I had been doing if the business wasn't going well. But that meant where's the hunger? Oh, if it doesn't work, I just do this. So I, I literally, not only did I quit my job, I didn't sign up for a supply agency because I'm like, say I'm about to interview with you. I'm going to do something. They call me up. They're in charge of my schedule because I feel like I can't turn it down yeah. because it, you know, it's money there. And it's, it's that short-term gain, like the little bit of money for the long-term loss. And I, you know, I'd had enough of that. So sucked it up. And again, this is why my wife is an absolute legend because you know she'd support me and stuff like this. And we're, we're both like that. There's going to be different times. And that's what a team is like where one of you is going to be killing it in one area and then other times you need support and different things. So that, that, you know, that was awesome. And I needed to, some, some wives wouldn't have supported, you know, they would have gone super nuts, like uh, something like that. But then my point, this comes back to you, you chose that person. Mm. So if you choose right, I, I, you know, and that would be the key thing. If, if Rufus, it sounded, if that, if that person had gone super nuts and like to an unreasonable level, and it's that whole thing. Oh, I can't leave my job, oh, my wife, or you know, or vice or my husband, or you know. Again, self responsibility. Did someone force this person upon you? You know, you made your bed. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting is this this, this rewiring that needs to happen when you move when you make that jump because you you can't have the fear of failure. I mean, you actually have to be prepared to fail several times and stumble and fall on your face. And to your point, this idea of having a coach, I, I did it myself, paid more than I ever thought I would pay a human being to like help me do something that didn't involve a, a tangible exchange of goods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, my, my scenario as well is it was fully like mentoring as in, no, it was not, no, no, no dumpy. There was like it literally yeah. like. This is what my it, time is worth. 
and this is my intellectual property and yeah. it's a and it was, it's a price to get it was my, yeah yeah to get the result and um but i tell you one of the things actually in terms of you, what would you learn from that i think the one piece that was worth the money alone okay was the perspective change when any any whenever anyone asked me like what what's my what am i worth or you know what's my price or what am i charging because of that experience even if you hadn't done anything because that experience my perspective has completely changed and i'm happy to charge <laughs> all the way up to that without even batting an eyelid because i know i'm not asking someone to do something that i haven't done myself and that is the key thing it's worth paying someone if you want someone to pay you a huge amount of money walk the walk first yeah so again and i i i i could bring that up like some oh, that that you know it's it's again it's it's, it's about return on investment so Someone might say, oh, that is, I would never do that. It's way too much money. But then it could be that little, it's not about what they've done. It's about the outcome. And if that's that one thing that I needed to hear that then has led on to, you know, this, the domino effect of what has gone on for the last two or three years, then that was a steal. If that's gone on to the fact that I could say to someone, instead of saying, oh, how much is it to work with me? £10.50 to 10000 You know, that it's, you know, it's, so it's, it's like anything. It's what, it's it's not the tool. It's not the it's not the book that's going to make you. It's not the podcast going to make you. It's how you use it. Yeah. And you've got to get out of that mindset that you know someone's going to come over, knock on your door, and say, "I knight you, Sir Legend. <laughs> you are ready. You have arisen to the throne. It's now time. We've been waiting for you, and now that you're ready." That's never going to yeah. happen. You have to, you know, sounds, you have to be cool. correct sounds, and do this yourself. That, that would be amazing to get. Knighted. Yeah, I would be up for that. If someone wants to do that service, I'm I'm up for it. I was gonna say we could we could create a service like that where they would actually knight you. It wouldn't actually mean anything and have zero significance. But there's people that pay for to have stars in the galaxy named after them. <laughs> so I'm I'm assuming. Hey, like- I tell you what, right, Harry? We need to right. This is dude. This is going to be recorded. That this is the the this is the light bulb moment for our business. Okay, so linked to like people paying for stars. I think the best way this the niche of this is. We all know someone that's kind of waiting for that, someone to come and literally knock on their door and say, you've been discovered. It's like, the, you know, the X Factor, you know, it's the, that, that dream that you're just going to be walking around the streets and someone's going to say, have you been a model before? And then you're going to be a supermodel. You've done nothing for it. They're just going to discover you. So we all know someone like that. They're friends like a parent or a, like a best friend or this is the service they get it as like a birthday present or a gift or a Christmas present or just something like that. And literally it can be a bit jokey, but honestly that, that cause sometimes I think we do and people need that to like literally an outside source to come in, whether it's, you know, paid for or realistic and just say like, you are more than ready. Like I give you permission to be a legend. Like there's nothing holding you back. And so they come in and just literally list the, the best friend could give you a little bit of background info and list all their achievements and say, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Well, you, do, you, do you have the concept of singing telegrams in London? Yes. Yes. So, I okay. So it's a, it's a, a knight, it's it's a knight in, shi- in shining armor comes yes. to your door, opens the door, and he's with Excalibur. And he like, okay, the, I have a message for you from the entrepreneurial, oh. the, from the entrepreneurial yes, overlords. Yes. Like See, you, this is, you have officially... This is the English link. This is the English link. So this is the origin. So why, why, why an English knight? We're knighting you. One of the co-founders is English. Harry, yeah. Harry, this is it. This, this is, is it. You know, a lot, you know, this would work. 
<laughs> I so, don't want to, but this is the yeah. other thing. I don't want to dilute my message and sometimes you get sidetracked, but this is a great yeah. idea. Yeah. This, this makes it into the podcast, you know, and we haven't done it. You, you run with this idea, someone. Yeah. This is a great one. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we should be on Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> when you get the call from Shark Tank, let's not pitch our real businesses. Let's no, go with this new one. A totally false. <laughs> let's, put it, let's roll the dice with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, swing for the fences, as they say. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, I wanted to touch. Uh, I had a quick question because I was thinking about you in, with you as a PE teacher and the fact that you have two boys. Does the concept of bullying come up, and have you addressed that? And because it seems to be something that's top of mind lately. Whereas before, when we were younger, it was just something you dealt with. And I'm wondering if, if it's something that you've had a lot of interaction with. Yeah. So the the bullying thing, I think, like you say, some people might think it's it's risen, or it's, I think. A, like a lot of it back in the day was swept aside as banter you know that that was a huge way to get out of it but also flip so linked with okay that's banter then the fact that um there was probably more pressure not to say anything now i i don't know if you can go too far the other way but i think you know if there's a sniff of bullying you know i think it's good that you just you just try and nip it in the bud and it's very open and it's like talked about a lot so it's it's kind of you can't have the situation where someone's like a little kid's like I didn't realize I didn't realize that's bang out of order or that's bullying. Like the awareness is up because people talk about a lot more, which is great. You know, so people, people talk about a lot. So there's only minus, but I think more and more like you get the minor situation, but I think it's, it's worth the, 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 it's the trade-off that's worth that you get people like saying, Oh, like this is bullying or some, sometimes you can wrongly label it and you can go too far the other way. But again, if that's the worst, I think it's better to go that way than like, going the other way where you're underplaying bullying and saying, Oh, it's just banter. Have you had to talk it with your boys? Have you had to talk with your boys about it? We, yeah, I have actually, um, more from the, um, well, just, just, I mean, it naturally comes across obviously how we're trying to, how we are raising them, not trying. I hate try is a word that should be removed from the dictionary. If Agreed. I say it, Agreed. punch me in the mouth. <laughs> um, so as we are raising them in terms of being decent little lads, you know, you wouldn't do that. So that kind of covers it without going too much in specifics to bullying, just, you know, the, the whole thing. But also we've had a few instances where people or young lad or doing things to them. Well, we have to highlight, you know, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. You need to tell someone. And we had, you know, cause they're very, you know, they're very, um, they wouldn't see it as bullying cause well, they're not exposed to it. So it's like, what's this? Like some little guys, oh, why is he doing that? Like, yeah. Hmm. As opposed to, you know, being so assertive because it's, it's almost that shock. Like this is their first experience of someone being a bit of a, an asshole to them or like, or it's not, are they being, are they just playing like headlock? Are they they wrestling or like, have you asked them to stop? Yes. Do they keep doing it? Yes. Do you enjoy it? No. What is it? Like they come and punch me in the arm every day. That's bullying. So little things like that. And I I, I can remember again, I don't mean, I've never spoke about this in the audience. I mean, an uh, interview. I can remember, and that as a like a sportsman, and especially like even oh maybe what would be that high school sort of level. So getting a bit older, like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. So because I was into sports and athletics, getting a bit of muscle and being that kind of dude, but you know, reasonably quiet in a social setting at school. And because it's like, it's and I experienced it right up to like eighteen, nineteen. Kind of the thing of, you know, if you are a bigger dude to some bullies or idiots, you're going to become a target. Yeah. And I wasn't bigger in terms of height. I'm not the tallest gentleman as you've met. Um, with, well, I think we're both optimally the right height, but 
um, you'd get someone who would, you know, would probably come. I, I, I really resonate with the, you know, a little, almost like Chinese water torture, like coming up and give you a little dig on the arm once a day or two times a day or like, you know, to the level of once you're aware of it and you're kind of thinking, I'm going to avoid that person or like, mm. oh, you, you, anxiety about that. And you, it's pretty clear again, but it's that thing. Have you said you, you're trying, is that what happens? You, you, you try not to make an issue of it because you almost feel if you say something, then it will become an issue. So you just think, I'll just leave it and it'll go away, but it doesn't. Yeah. And that's the kind of, I'm real like, let's nip it in the butt. I need, you know, my boys are such nice little dudes that, that, that would, if we less, you know, we was aware of it and people were talking about the issue of bullying, people like, um, people like my little son, he would, Dylan, he would, you know, he would probably take it because, you know, he's a, even he's only little, but, you know, he's a nice dude and he's a strong little guy. He'd probably take it. He wouldn't like it, but he'd probably, you know, he'd more likely to just, because that, that was my kind of thing. You know, I just, just wrote it out a little bit, you know, so it didn't get to the level of, you know, getting beats or anything, but it was very annoying. And, you know, it makes, it's, it's that more the, 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 the mental like thing where you're like, you're aware of it and you're like avoiding situations or anxious. And then that would affect obviously your, your social interactions. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go over there and chat to certain people because you know, you, you don't want to punch on the arm or something like that. Or, you know, and you know, and then there's certain like bullies or psychos that, okay, they punch you. And I think, okay, punch them back. That'd be fine if that was where it was. But the certain people who do that, they it's coming to certain their dominance. So if, if you punch them on the arm, they're like, okay, game on, here we go. And then you've got a full on loony on your hands. Yeah. And you're either gonna have to fight to the death or take a kicking. So you think, well, I, that's not worth it. Like I'm not mental. I'm just, gonna, <laughs> I'm yeah. just gonna leave it. Whereas you should just go and tell someone, and then you've got the risk of back in the day, especially tattletale. Yeah. Um, which again, even being slightly considered that, that's again for the we're talking about the alpha alpha male show. You can't ask for help or support <laughs> back in the day, which is completely not awakening your alpha. Support is strength. Um, and talking about issues that people don't talk about and i'm happy to thank you for sharing that uh and thanks for being so generous with your time just a couple more questions as we wrap up um what's something you've changed your mind about recently hmm. good question a few things actually linked to what we were saying earlier i mean there's loads of things but linked to what we were saying earlier about almost um you know, in terms of the outsourcing, um, having people um, delegating and having people doing things that they, they can do better than you and is the best use of your time to do something else linked to that. Again, because I've gone like, you know, like any like waves of success and like tried these things, you know, you get your, just because you get your hands burnt once does not mean it's the wrong thing to do. It just meant it didn't work that time. So in terms of like, getting assistance in a business sense with the awaken your alpha empire or whatever you want to call it, whatever I'm up to, I'm definitely, I need a lot more support. I need to have more of a team than I do have in terms of, you know, I, I right in the early days of the podcast, I had a VA shocking experience, but again, so I'm happy to talk about that in terms of what not to do or like how to deal with that situation and save yourself a good few months of wasted time, effort and resources um so yeah and so that you come out of something like that and i'm like ugh, i'm not doing that again so for me to clarify i'm a keynote speaker best-selling author um the podcast is a vehicle for delivering content mm -hmm. um much like you know as i said and it's, it's that 
I'm never going to get bored of, you know, awareness, action and ascension, which is ultimately awaken your alpha. I'm not going to say one day, yeah. actually, I, I've got no interest in you know what I'm doing, like where I'm doing well, where I'm doing badly, like where I'm at at the moment. I've got no interest in taking action today and I've got no interest in pursuing the alpha and like trying to better myself, which is, you know, it's that thing, you know, growth is life. If you're not, if you're not, you can't stand still, you're either growing or dying. So that's kind of, that's going to stay there. I'm, I'm, I'm confident on that. So whether I'm, you know, on stage delivering that or on a podcast delivering that or on a podcast interview delivering that or coaching someone one-to-one or mentoring someone or taking them through a, a course on, you know, how to land and secure and deliver a legendary TED talk or how to, you know, optimize their podcast purely because I've done this for like three years and you could you could do very well purely just listening to things you shouldn't do yeah. <laughs> from from experience. And then you flick that on like things you should do and you know, it's so it's that I think that's the thing as well. And in terms of I don't know sometimes if people think that you start a podcast and again it's that same thing. Just because people like it and consume it does not mean someone knocks at the door each day and said, You've got a legendary podcast. Here is your bag of cash. Woohoo. That didn't happen for you? No, no, I'm still waiting. So I am waiting for the night with his big Excalibur and the and big a, and the bag bucket of cash. of cash. Yeah. So uh, I think that's the, you know, it's it's just trying to communicate some of that sometimes. And I've been aware of that. Again, it's when you're when you're in it and you think, oh, this is what I'm all about. Yeah, that's great. But what are other what are other people's views? What are you known for? So like we said about what is you know. I think that's important. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's trying to find something that's really congruent with what you are, and what you're all about and also what you're, what you're good at. Yeah. Just saying, you know, I'm passionate at something doesn't, doesn't mean that, you know, that that's, that's great. That's a starting point. And if you're passionate, then great. That means you're probably, you're more likely to put in the hours and thousands and dedication to get to that level where you're not just passionate about it. You're a bit of a legend about it. And there's likely some people out there in this small planet that you may be able to help. Great way to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Adam Walker, for joining us. We had a wide-ranging conversation, which I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, you, you've covered the most that anyone's ever covered in terms of like, that's great. But so if you liked any of this, I'm sure you, you put it in things, but I do my little thing as well. Please, again, all, come and check out Awaken Your Alpha, ayalpha.com, across all social media, Adam Lewis Walker. I use the middle name because Adam Walkers, they're ten a penny. They're everywhere. Adam Lewis Walker, there is only one. So, <laughs> and Awaken Your Alpha, Instagram, Facebook, are very active. I'll respond to you. Um, personally, I don't have a machine or outsource that aspect of things. And um, yeah, check it out. And if you like it, please subscribe and give me a review. That's the best compliment for anything. I read all of them. You, you will not sneak. I'm not big time enough that I wouldn't notice it. I will notice them and I'll be like, woohoo, I got a review and I'll read it. I'll know you by name. And then uh, if you want to get, again, there's like hundreds of episodes of just absolute legends like Harry on there. If you want to cut to the chase, um, again, email me when you go through the website and I'll send you the top five to get you started. And then if you don't like them, then that's all good because I say they're kind of the top five depending on your perspective. Had a great conversation uh, and, and that sign off was spoken like a true podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't my first rodeo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love Th- it. Thanks Cheers, again. Man. Thanks, and I uh, hope you have a fantastic evening. You too, man. Bye. So, thanks again to Adam or Adam Lewis <laughs> for coming on. What, what was fun is that the at the end of our conversation, 
and you you would see this or notice this because he uh, we had stopped recording, but he did a Facebook live with his 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 fans and his his uh, tribe. And he said, hey, I just wrapped up an amazing conversation with Harry. Uh, check out his podcast. So it was this interesting um, way of sharing our our shows to our respective audiences in the way that I'm introducing you to him. He was introducing me to his audience, and we got a lot of people to like that on both sides. I just love the fact that he is always looking for ways to engage, and he, and he always tags me when he's mentioning a post of something that... Uh, we did together or we worked on, which is uh, really fun. And it's just this giving attitude that I feel that he has. And is re- he's real um, honest and forthcoming and with a high level of integrity. So I'm, I'm really happy we got to connect. And I really hope you enjoyed our conversation. We are a member of Podcastica.com. Head on over to Podcastica.com to check out. Uh, we are actually a member of Podcastica, not Podcastica.com. But you know what I mean. Other shows in the works um, as well. So check that for some more uh, podcasting inspiration intro and outro music composed by cedar and soil i hope you got a chance to see that post i did on social media about his um his recent release his ep release uh as well he's just such a talented musician i think uh, more people should be checking him out thanks again to shore for sponsoring the episode podcastjunkies.com slash shore and podbean podbean.com slash podcast junkies if you made it this far you're awaiting anxiously awaiting the retention hashtag will go with uh, awake Adam and hashtag awake Adam one word. You can go ahead and tag Adam at awaken your alpha and tag us at podcast underscore junkies. So thanks again for being an ongoing supporter of the show. Tune in next week where I have a very special, 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 special episode. <laughs> it's my three year anniversary with a very special guest. Um, it's a, a little past the three-year anniversary, which was actually in April, and I realized I hadn't done anything to promote the show, and I'm a really big fan of celebrating wins, and it's something I need to be cognizant of myself. So I'm going to do that with um, next week's guest, and it's going to be uh, Gary Leland. Uh, so for you, for those of you that are staying until the end, very, 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 very tippy-toe end of this episode, um, you now know who that's going to be. Guys, it's an amazing discussion, hour plus conversation. Not a lot about podcasting, to be honest, and uh, even better that way because you know that those are my favorite conversations. So I'm really excited to be delivering that to you. You're going to love it. I don't know how, how else to say it. It, it. I mean, it warmed my heart, and he's such a great, great guy. I'm glad I got to know him a little bit better, and I'm glad you, you will as well. That's it. Take care, and have a fantastic week. <laughs>